0: she who will not be named.
1: We're not going to say her name.
2: She's always up to something, guys. She'd love that.
1: No. She'd love it if we said her name. The problem with that is, at the end of this episode, is everyone just going to, like, anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we'll just Google the thing and find her anyways. But still, not going to say it. You guys, I think we just get into it. Enough about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Enough about she who will not be
1: named. Enough about that, you guys, and all the listeners now are just on the edge of their seat because they cannot wait to find out what we're going to say. So it's time <laughs> to shout some words and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today, we're going to be talking about some comments that were made by an online commentator <clears throat> who will not be named about a recent SKIMS advertising campaign that included adaptive undergarments for models with disabilities. In recent episodes, we've talked about the importance of inclusion and belonging. We're talking about the importance of diversity in the media harmful narratives, and so much more on today's episode. Hang on tight, everybody. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast.
0: Hey, friends. Micah here. When Ace was around one, I started to worry about the future. I worried about how to even know where to begin in saving for him. When you have a child with a disability, how do you even start to think about saving money for that child's entire life? It can feel overwhelming and terrifying. That's why Enable Special Needs Planning exists. They provide families with simple solutions and a unique approach to special needs planning. Find out more at enablesnp.com. snp.com.
1: That was a good sniff right there.
0: It was. <laughs> just, just sniff it in. Uh, just to that the, I just learned this because Ace and I are working. I'm blowing his candles out for his upcoming birthday, and his speech therapist taught me train sounds. You go, whoo, whoo, and then you can work on your uh, blowing your nose too by making the. Whoo. Can you hear that, oh, listeners? Oh yes. Yeah. Whoo, whoo. <laughs> That's kind of. Anyway. Hard for me. No. <laughs> just to transition from the train sounds. Sounds perfect.
1: This episode is actually about (laughs) train sounds and blowing your nose. It's super helpful. I'll I'll keep you you. all yes.
0: I'll I'll keep you guys updated on the blowing out of the candles. But we do have a review from one of our one of our dear listeners. And I actually know this this dear one. This is Sharma Lucia who says my favorite part of this podcast has been listening to these moms work through life's lessons in a different way because of down syndrome. They grow and change and aren't afraid to share that. Mm. And that's lovely. Thank you. Sharma Lucia. And uh, yeah, that's true. I've seen you two grow and change. Aww. I've seen me grow and change. <laughs>
1: We've talked about this. It's like the podcast is for our community, but really it's just like this science, this experiment for the three of us, like a parenting yeah, experiment Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where we get to just process yeah. through. It's our therapy. It's our, th- it's our parenting yep. therapy.
0: And you guys have, have rubbed say... off on me a lot. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, girl. You know. You know. Do you know how much uh, natural, like, how many, how much natural beeswax goes on my children because of you, Mercedes? <laughs> And how many guys so like ribbons they're waving and stuff because oh yay, an, imagine imaginative play <laughs> silks, that's the word I'm looking for.
2: That's so cute. All <laughs> oh, the silks.
0: Uh, I love it. Well, Sharma Lucia, thank you so much. And to all our listeners out there, don't forget you can leave a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you do, it helps other listeners find us and we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, we appreciate you.
1: that's right Um, very random can you guys hear a barking dog not currently my, my, okay my sister's dog I'm at my sister's house everyone if, if this is going in the episode set the scene I'm at my sister's house in her laundry room Do mm. you hear that she's got a little dog mm-hmm. darn it Josh I'm sorry she's got a little dog who doesn't like when people come and go <laughs> and he's in the bathroom because I'm the only one here And he also can't have free reign of the house. It's a whole thing. But he is barking. So listener, there's just gonna be a little dog barking in the background, and that's what's happening today. So it's just gonna add a little
0: percussion to the episode. (laughs) If we add some like like singers in the background, it'll all just be yeah.
1: I think he hears me, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to go get him. Right. I don't know what to do.
0: I Hang on a second. Okay. I'm gonna go see okay. what's happening. Hold on. Okay. In the meantime, mm-hmm. tell me something fun, Mercedes.
2: Okay. In the meantime, is this gonna be on the podcast or not? I, I don't know. It depends on how
0: fun about... it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how interesting are you gonna make it?
2: How interesting. Well, I was gonna talk to you more about your thing, your book thing. Oh, okay.
0: You can tell me. You can talk about that too. Okay.
2: I appreciated the email with the notes ahead of time because you reference a lot of um, not vocabulary, but kind of vocabulary. Are you going to have that in the back of your book, like a glossary? Yeah, well,
0: there's the preface really sets everything up, which is why I wanted to tell you ahead of time because the preface is sort of like here's what the Beatitudes is about, here's an introduction to how different people have read it. Yeah. And you'll throw that in. Right, and in the preface, there's like, this is a poem by Jesus of Nazareth, and it all it all says, "Macarios are the blah blah blah, Macarios are the da da da," and then I kind of explain what Macarios means, all of those things. So,
2: so read the preface, yeah. which I never do. So I'm so happy you told me to do that. I should always do
1: it, you, and I never the,
0: do. My preface is my preface is my favorite part
1: of, of your book. book? Uh-huh. Oh, it's spectacular. The preface okay. is unreal, Micah. Like, <laughs> so good. <Well>, Stop.
2: <laughs> sometimes Thanks, I God, consider the preface a whole chapter, which it is, I know. So sometimes then I try and cheat and skip a preface. Oh, <laughs> well, no, you gotta are, read a preface. Introductions,
0: some introductions are really boring if they're just yeah. like blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> some are, if they have a narrative, they can and be Adam interesting.
2: Adam begot so yes, and
1: so. Yes, exactly.
0: Begot. <laughs> yes
2: okay yes. all right you guys i got the dog
1: in here there's a good chance that he's gonna just start barking again I and he's sort of a he's thing. a little dog that barks it's like a cute whole
0: thing. i saw his little face he's cute he's pretty cute and he doesn't
1: like to be held so i'm not gonna put him on my lap he's kind of panicky because i don't think he ever is in the laundry room no whatever okay we'll see what happens here here we go all right, ladies, let's get into this conversation. So let me set this set the scene a little bit. Um, it's interesting, I'm going to say this, to know what kind of accounts I follow on Instagram because how many times this came up. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm following a lot of disability accounts <laughs> because this came up so many times. And if I wasn't following these accounts, I really wouldn't know what was going on. But what happened is there is a woman who is a comment a news commentator people will be mad that I says, I think she trolls. I think that she likes a lot of attention. There's some trolling that happens. But anyways, she made a remark. This woman did Kim Kardashian included a disabled model in her campaign. Who's skims campaign. So skims is like bra and underwear. The woman is a wheelchair user. The model is. And then this commentator said, quote, I really don't understand how far we're going to take this inclusivity thing. I really don't get it. And if I'm wrong, educate me. And then a model in a wheelchair seems ridiculous. And then she said, And then in quote, quote, again, this commentator said, whose idea was this? Was it yours? Okay, you're fired. So that was her opinions on this model in a wheelchair. And and then there was uh, just like an uproar, right, from the disability community. And the woman who created the, I saw a post from the woman who actually created the line, the adaptive underwear and bras line and was showing how her mother couldn't put her bra on by herself, like she needed help putting a bra on. And that was the inspiration for her to create this line. Christina Applegate chimed in, Christina Applegate is an actress who has, thank you, who has MS. And she brought it up and was talking about like, first, she was had like, just so angry. And then she's like, I actually would love to have a conversation with this woman and let her know what it's been like for me and for me to get dressed and put on my undergarments by myself. Like I need a team of people to do it. Why are we doing, why are we doing this? Because there's so many disabled people in the world who need it. Anyways, I thought our, our producer actually said we should have a little talk about this and about the idea of inclusive everything really like inclusion in the media. Um, I, I have not heard somebody in a, place of power make the remark how far are we going to take this inclusivity thing um and making inclusivity such a bad thing it felt like 20 steps backwards to read that what what are you have you guys heard about this have you read anything about it or watched anything about it
2: yes um I feel like I was like Christina Applegate just kind of just instant fury. Cause I'm like, so unnecessary. I, I just think, I think it was for shock value. And like you said, to troll, you know, to just stand, to stand firm on a really, um, a, a, a view that has a strong opposing reaction. Right. Like I just felt like it was, Just kind of mean and unnecessary, but it gets attention and talk going. Um, To put down anything that's adaptive that will include more people, especially in fashion, I think is so clueless because the industry is about also about sales and getting fashion out there. You would want more people to be able to access these. I, these items, Skims wants to sell more. So obviously to find a way to include people is just smart business as well. So I just think, I, I purely think it was to be mean to be a troll and, which I feel bad even calling names, but to be mean on purpose to cause a reaction, um, to get, I think the wrong type of people on her side and then to get the other people to notice the other people that could feel offended by this talking about this person. Because it's just me. It's so unnecessary. It doesn't make sense business-wise or even human-wise why this would be like, oh, how far are we taking it? So rude. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that it's just like a overflow of the culture that we've created of clickbait and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what... The twenty-four hour news cycle has become. If you, if your whole job is to keep people watching you mm-hmm. for an hour every day on on cable news, you have to say more and more outrageous things, yes. and and so you know if this is a, it's the same. It's it, it, everything has to be reactionary. Mm-hmm. And that's what this has become. I mean, that's why our politics are so divided. It's just a, um, you know, the things have divided down these lines of like um, anything that is considered bleeding heart, of like we're going to bend over backwards for this group. If it's looked at as we're bending over backwards for this group of people and and you know that's what what it becomes when people start talking about racism that's what when mm-hmm. when there is like this reactionary thing to woke culture mm-hmm. of like woke culture is not you know this view that it's not for the good, it's just for like appearances of we're we're just pretending to care about people so that we appear to be um you know amazing and cool or mm-hmm hollywood likes us or whatever mm-hmm. it however it is that things become distorted through this funhouse mirror kind of thing and so it it feels to me um you know just another version of that mm-hmm. here's uh here in this ignorant view like it's just she's she's talking about disability as another form of pretense and becoming cool looking like here's Kim Kardashian looking like she cares about people and she's just going to make a buck. And, and she's, you know, this, this, um, this news, whatever you want to call, what, what should we call them? If I, if my brainwaves worked, um, perfectly, I'd have a great word for her right now. But, um, she she wants us to see it as pretend and she also wants us to see it as like people are fine. People have been putting on underwear their whole lives who are in mm-hmm. wheelchairs. Why do we need to change things right now without a sense of like what life is actually like for mm-hmm. those who live with disability?
2: Or to see it as beautiful, too. Like, incorporating. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was attack. <clears throat> Sorry about that, everyone. It was uh, like almost like an attack on what is beautiful. And like we always talk about, worthy of um, including and sharing and going an extra mile for, you know? She's a trip, you guys.
1: yes it's a trip there was there was also the other side of the commentary of people saying like well the skims brand or kim kardashian they're the ones that shouldn't be like it's patronizing they shouldn't be using a model like this they're they're not genuine in it they're just doing it to like check a box you know like to check that inclusion box and It does in fashion, it's such an interesting conversation in time that we're in because like the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion departments in companies, it's in most big companies, it's like their number one funded branch. What would we call this? Their number one funded department. And it's, they're five years old. Mm -hmm. You know, if that, you know, like that. the DEI movement is so big that it is opened up It's created whole departments within massive organizations, Mm. all the big organizations Mm -hmm. that didn't exist before. Um, And it's where the majority of funding is too. And Mm. so it's just, we're living in that time and watching it happen before our eyes. And I think because of that, people are making mistakes, like that idea of tokenism. I think that there is, a in the conversation, a checkbox, right? We're going to check this box off um and and one of the boxes is a wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. I think that is happening, but um, I don't know that it's so so I can see how people can take it either way with disability and diversity and advertising, except that as I'm saying this out loud and processing out loud i it doesn't seem like you get it as much for other kind of diversity, get the pushback or the like I th- I think that disability representation in the media has been one of the last minority groups to be represented. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it the disability community is so vast. So you talk about right. physical disability and intellectual disability. It's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously presents differently in like a marketing campaign. And yeah. a lot of people with intellectual disabilities don't wear their disability on their face. So there's not really like unless there's some kind of um a commercial or something that's real, uh, that's about the impact of having an intellectual disability, then you don't necessarily have models with intellectual disabilities unless they have Down syndrome because you can see Down syndrome. It's just we're in this weird space and it's the last on disability I think has been the last to arrive in the DEI conversation. Even with internally, like you look at businesses hiring internally, making sure that they have representation and that's within, within an internal aspect in a business, that's kind of the last thing to people in the disability community being hired, um, in that space. So what I'm trying to say here is it's a weird time. It's a, it's a, it's new. And so in a new thing, in a new wave of information and understanding and being presented with things we've never seen before, Mm -hmm. we're going to, people are going to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and so where is there room for that too? You know, in a, into space and i'm not dismissing what this commentator said Mm -hmm. what she said was completely ableist and horrific and harmful in every way but in the other side of the coin where people are like well the skims campaign is um they're just they're just checking a box here Mm -hmm. you know like they're the ones that are getting it wrong here it's not they're not doing it for the impact they're doing it for to check a box you know
2: i i want to talk about that for a minute too because i feel like i i just think that's kind of for me all of a sudden i'm like oh that's just kind of being overly critical a little bit of like And i don't i i probably agree i mean a whole company like that that's like centered around like you know looks and stuff like i could definitely agree that they probably are just checking a box and all that and i and with like what you're saying i love that heather of giving room for places to make mistakes and also like giving room for businesses to try and um see that there is a box to check like i'm happy there's like i see it as accountability like okay Mm. you've got to meet these criteria, almost, you know, and sometimes you need a box to make sure that happens. So, and I could see that in a pure business sense of like, okay, let's check that box. It's not a ministry or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like the expectation should be a little bit shallow in if, as a viewer looking at something that has no other moral meaning except for getting fashion or a messaging out to the masses. I, I guess I'm looking at it like that. Like, okay, yeah, probably mm-hmm. they had to check a box.
0: Great. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like kind of two reasons why businesses will have to check a box, right? Like, unless like Mercedes says they they have a moral guide that's their focus. They're not moneymakers, right? They they're nonprofits or whatever, a ministry. But otherwise, money maker. I mean, like if you're a money maker, like business, then you need to check a box because your your customers require it, and that is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. It and that's a beautiful thing that in the business world, customers are beginning to look for that. That we want to see businesses that are centering people with disabilities or that are representing like all kinds of people that have queer people in their ads that have people of color in their ads and so in like in some ways maybe kim kardashian is checking that box because it's better for her business because that's what customers want and also businesses change and adapt because sometimes the like government requires it (laughs) because sometimes (laughs) there that change starts to happen in um, there, you know, it starts like laws have
2: been, laws start to change.
0: Right. Yeah. And And you can't discriminate in these different ways. Right. And
2: good people who are self advocates have fought for those laws to be in place. Ooh, yes, Micah, you are bringing up good points. So, now, these businesses have to follow a lot. And yes, to them, it is checking a box. But I didn't even think about that, Micah. You're right. Some laws so,
1: yeah.
3: yeah.
2: It's interesting. I, um,
1: for me, it's been a journey. Like, I think about tokenism, checking a box. And then I've talked a lot. And if you listen to the podcast, I talk about intentionality. Like, I use the word being intentional, intentionality. And, um, how like how do people how do minority groups decide when it is just they're there just because they've been invited to check a box? Like if you're if you're invited to something to speak and you're the only person of color on stage, it's like is this in are you being intentional in having me or is this a, a checking a box? And I've I've ta- we've talked about that. And then um um one of the women on the team at the Lucky Few, Joe, she had brought to my attention how she she does a lot of um, adult education. She teaches at a junior college. And they do tons of tr- trainings in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she was saying how, like the to stop it intentionality, actually isn't helpful. Um, it's more about what's the impact. Is the word being used these days? Like, mm-hmm. what is the impact of that decision? And as we've as she and I talked about that and went back and forth a little bit and the way that I thought through it is like a progression for me of of it started with hey, someone's missing here and I want that person in the space. Mm -hmm. So there is a sense of like, we got to check a box here. If you're looking visually at an advertisement or if I'm hosting something, who's on the stage or if I'm being invited to speak somewhere, who's on the stage? Like, what do people look like physically? And in that sense, it is like, okay, you've got this check, this check, this check, this check. And so that, that starting point is not bad, but that's how it is with all the things we talk about. Like you start somewhere, but you have to progress and grow. And then it's like, what's the intentionality behind that? Mm -hmm. And then what's the impact of that? You know? Um, And I'm going to tell a story to put a point on this. So Mason goes to middle school and she, last October, they did a Down syndrome awareness day. I don't know if I've shared this just with you guys or actually on the podcast, but they did a Downstream Awareness Day. And so it was, okay, it's October. There's a handful of students at the school who have Down syndrome. A person at the school who has a, who works in the office and has a three or four-year-old with Down syndrome was like, we're going to do this Downstream Awareness Day. Um, and so that to me was like, okay, we're going to check a box, right? And then it's like, okay, so now what we're going to do is reach out. We need to be intentional here. We're going to reach out to ASB and we're going to make these yellow and blue bracelets and we're going to plan a whole day. And then, but not thinking through what's the impact of that decision, because they didn't include anyone with Down syndrome in the decision making, the planning, or day of for this Down Syndrome Awareness Day. I learned about it through ASB. Mason's one of a handful of people with Down syndrome on campus, and I didn't find out about it until the day before through an ASB post. And so there, that intentionality was there. If this, if this helps make sense at all, in how I'm processing this. That intentionality was there, like, let's create this day, and they pulled all the people in, but without thinking through what's the impact of these decisions we're making, because if you thought through that, then you would realize, oh, without including people with Down syndrome in a Down syndrome awareness day, we're just perpetuating this idea of other. <laughs> They're just an other. Put a bracelet on. Good for you. Oh, you're so sweet. You love someone with Down syndrome. Do you know any of their names? You know, right. like, were they a part of any any piece of it? Um and so when I think about like this Skims campaign or anything in the media, when we're including any kind of representation, especially with disability, or when I'm, when I'm at the helm of something and trying to create a space of inclusion and belonging, I, those, that's kind of how I started processing through, you know, not just how am I being intentional here, but what's the impact of my decision and what's it going to be when all is said and done, like when the event is over or when the campaign has been done running.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful, Heather. I think another thing that is interesting about this conversation is that um, you know, I I realize that other people don't define ableist the way that I do, and that <laughs> that can be. Part of the problem as well, you know. I was reading another article about this woman's response to the the feedback she. I, I probably would. I wouldn't call it feedback. The, you know, utter repulsion she received from the disability community, and she she um, addressed the controversy. She like posted a video online, maybe the next day, saying, "Let's debunk the idea that I'm ableist." I thought that it was really, really interesting that I somehow wanted to pursue disabled people, and I wanted them out of spaces because that is absolute nonsense. Um, And you know, this is this is one of those things that happens a lot with these like online political pundits who sit in front of TV cameras for hours and just talk because they don't really, uh, they often don't support their arguments with any kind of like (laughs) real real functional, uh, like support, like you learn how to when you're in school. Um, but you know, she is saying, Oh, I'm not an ableist. And it was, it feels so familiar to all of the white people who say, I'm not racist. I have a friend who's black and I'm, I don't like You know, say I don't want black kids in my white kids' school, and blah blah blah. And it it is just this, like, yeah. You know, I think we're operating on different levels of what it means to be ableist. And you're saying that that it's you're not ableist because you're you don't want people who you're you don't want people with with disabilities out of your spaces. And we're saying actually. It's ableist when you refuse to understand that uh, that that having adaptive clothing is actually really really helpful for people in wheelchairs, and you know, refuse to be educated about what that what life is like for people in wheelchairs.
1: Do you think that the comments, like a comment like this from this particular news person or commentator? Would have been prevented if, from a young age, that she had someone in her life who has a disability you know or is a wheelchair user I'm making an assumption that she doesn't have anyone in her proximity who uses a wheelchair um I feel like that's a safe assumption to make. I can't imagine that she would have made these comments if she had was in relationship with more disabled people um but do you think that these kind of comments made by her or other people could be prevented from a young age if in if inclusion with people with disabilities was more emphasized and more mainstreamed and like our kids like this like like are her kids not gonna feel this way because they're gonna grow up with more inclusion. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I hope so, but I then I can't help just remembering even what Micah said that sometimes just knowing or yeah, even I feel like there's an extra piece because sometimes yeah, you could just know a person. In a wheelchair, but then still have your mind and the way you view things and the way you act still be ableist or still be really unaware of the impact. I do feel that element of, um, I wanna even say, I wanted to naturally say love, but it almost goes more than that. I think like respect, real, like true respect. Um, plays a bigger part in that and I feel like yes inclusion if done respectfully could do that or it could patronize that kind of mindset so I don't I say yes I would agree yes more than no but um also maybe me being too critical about like exposure is helpful but not the only I think Relationship and respect is the next step. So yes and no, I guess is my answer to that.
0: I think that's a really good point, Mercedes. I'm just, that made me think about the friends in my life who I would say they know me, they know Ace, they know my life, they have so much compassion for the parts that are hard, and especially, you know, I'm thinking about friends from San Francisco who have come to visit me and stayed for long periods of time, you know, for more than three days or something. And um, and then having stayed and been part of like all the hours of all the days, have left and said, "I just didn't know what it was really like for you." And I just want you to know that I see you, and I see how what all you do and how hard it can be sometimes, and. And so, you know, and those are people who I would say, they love me, they get it already, but there is a different level of respect and care just by being more deeply in my life for a little bit. And that is something that, you know, I don't know how you give to someone. Just like I I walked away from my dad's, my dad's illness with cancer going, okay, now, like before I would have said cancer is awful and I know it's really hard when people go through that. And then I went through it with my dad and I feel it in my body now what it is when people go through that. And there is something very different about walking through that reality. And and I think having that kind of compassion when you're talking about how much does, what does inclusion do for kids who get to know other kids with disabilities at a young age in their lives? um, It does something really important. And like I think about my, my relationship with my friend Carrie, who I lived down the street from and was in class with all through elementary school and my friend Melinda's relationship with Carrie. Melinda knew Carrie much deeper in a way that um led to um an even fuller and richer relationship all all through their life together. And I like, I don't know think I think all that to say, I think there's different levels of respect and and care and knowing. And some of that is like you can't you can't teach mercy and compassion, or you can try to teach mercy and compassion
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll keep trying yeah. it does guy. it's making me think we need a follow up conversation because I need to think on this for a little bit and listen back to this episode too, because it there's just so many levels to it and we can't you can't know what you don't know mm hmm And the living through it is so true. It just changes you. I mean, all of us could think of things. I can think of infertility. Like I knew Mm -hmm. someone was going through infertility and I'm like, oh, that's so hard. I'm so sorry. And then then going through it, yeah, you feel it at a different level Mm -hmm. and not everyone's going to parent a kid with a disability, Mm -hmm. you know, and everyone's going to have, well, if you live long enough, you will at some point have a disability. So most humans will Mm -hmm. be disabled at some point in their life, but to that's a that is a little bit different experience of having a disability your whole life um mm-hmm. and you can't know what you don't know so then what is the impact of inclusion right like what is the impact of a DEI department in your in your job space what is the impact of an inclusive campaign for a major brand um what is that impact at the end i don't i don't know the answer I th- I believe that it's important. Representation's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I definitely believe that. And I can even like in- with inclusion, gosh, this is getting me thinking, you guys. I think I'm going to have to Good. change my whole career. Oh my God. But with inclusion, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gonna- just do today. This just I'm <laughs> even thinking about like, when I do presentations about down syndrome with, with any, with any of the kids classes or whatever, but especially I'm thinking with older kids, kids who are going to be interacting with Macy and I'll say, does anyone in here know someone with down syndrome? And so many people raise their hand and I, how much of that is, yeah, because there was a kid with down syndrome who was, I'm using air quotes friends included in my elementary classes. Mm -hmm. And now that person can check the box, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not ableist. I know a kid. exactly. I'm friends with Mason where I'm on the other side. Like, BS. Have you ever called her, text her, invited her somewhere, no. you know, yeah. like, like embraced her as she is just because she's in your class doesn't mean that, that you have a friend with Down syndrome. And now all of a sudden, shoot, is inclusion now just hurting all of us?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm oh, just kidding. It's not, it's not, it's not. <laughs> well, I think what I was going to say <laughs> is as far as it goes for inclusion in the class or as far as it goes as inclusion in now the industry it's just working towards a uh, actual world, a better worldview, a better whole person view, like, you know, working towards that representation of acknowledging in that surface level, acknowledging that everybody should be represented. Yeah, there <laughs> was
1: a care. there was an article in Forbes. <laughs> um there's an article in Forbes that talking about this whole situation and it says quote in conclusion the disabled community has been working tirelessly to break down attitude barriers and create more inclusive mm-hmm. spaces in all areas of life including fashion and I feel like as an ally in the space mm-hmm. I'm a non-disabled person right now but as an ally and an advocate in the space that nothing happens if we don't show up right like nothing happens if we Definitely. don't put our put people's faces up there and step into you know boardrooms with executives and challenge what they're doing or step into schools and challenge what's happening or not happening um not like there has to be a starting point and the work is so slow Oh my god it's so slow Changing. like to change society's views on something that Requires us as humans, as individuals, and as a larger community, to change. Mm -hmm. You know, to shift how we believe and think and share what we know about a person, kind of person who's not us. It takes so long. (laughs) It takes so long.
2: (laughs) I love that um, wording, attitude barriers. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just so Mm, good. It is. It's so human. Um, to have attitude right and that's always the hardest to change your like knee-jerk reactions your posture your attitude that's i don't know that just struck me struck me when you read that that yeah there is that's probably way hard that's like the hardest part in society the attitude barrier to uh to unpack someone's attitude on a situation seems like it lends to more being fed into why they're like that naturally than just um, being ignorant. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, your attitude, your posture towards this, the barrier.
1: And, I, and I'm going to take us back to the top here as we wrap this one up. But it, I think that is exactly what speaks to why this woman's reaction to the skims campaign is so unbelievably harmful Mm -hmm. because it's just creating more division Mm -hmm. in an area where there was already such a struggle Mm -hmm. without just such a struggle under the surface, Mm -hmm. you know, and now let's bring it to the surface. And because of who she is and because of the audience she has, it's all of a sudden now we're more, there's more politicizing around someone like Mason, Hmm. Ace, sunny August being seen as human. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing now. We're going to politicize this. Right. Oh my gosh. Because there's so many people under her umbrella of thinking and belief that are like, yes, this is too much. This is too far. We're only, which then communicates to me. We're only seeing certain kinds of people as human, Mm -hmm. as fully human. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and for the disability community, to want to be seen as fully human as they are is not too much to ask friends. Mm
3: -mm.
1: And so her, I'm so mad about, I'm so mad about her. And I wish that as much as it, like it's good to have conversations around these things. I wish that it never, that she didn't get any attention for it.
2: I know. And, you know, and continue to perpetuate hate. It really is just perpetuating. Yes. Yes. And division and division it's so (laughs) unnecessary. I'm like, let the people have a bra. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, I don't, it's so just, um, it's mind blowing, you know, mind blowing. Yep. Yep. And so to her question of when
1: will this stop? What was her exact quote? It was, how far are we going to take this inclusivity thing? Girl, we're taking it all the way. So all we
0: way. want underwear on everybody.
1: Right. Next.
2: Right. All the way to the end of the world. <laughs> Every day. Underwear, bra, and they get to do it themselves. All right. Okay. Shoot. All the That's way. Right.
1: Our next campaign, you want to hear it? It's going to be titty tassels and edible underwear. <laughs> <That's> so. Because. <laughs> you want to know how far we're taking it, girl? How
3: far? matters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. I don't know that I want that to be mainstream advertised. advertised. However, if it were (laughs) to be advertised, anyway, bless. Better be inclusive, y'all. What? What they
3: want? Wait, what? No, it's It's
2: a
1: different industry. But if you're in that industry, (laughs) you better be representing.
2: Oh (laughs) my gosh. Oh, you blessed. guys are a delight. Day, <laughs> we will take this. True delight. To the top. We, did. Oh, we
1: dear. Did the <laughs> well, ladies, <laughs> we made a lot of progress in this one. I I'm going to put it
0: wrapping that bow.
3: So. All yeah,
2: right. I think we solved it. <laughs> we, put it on <laughs> we a shirt. It. We put it on a shirt. We're
0: just, taking it all the way. <laughs> inclusion it taking it all the way <laughs>
2: taking it all the way
1: we're still josh and i are very big uh very seriously dreaming make we're very seriously trying to put put it on a shirt a reality to make it a reality okay so
0: have you heard anybody with a cricket yet Any we're gonna try to, to do it ourselves
1: you? i think we're gonna try to do it
0: You're not with a, a cricket,
1: cricket. <laughs> okay no i'm not getting a cricket we're gonna try to do it we're gonna see how much effort it takes through the company we already use, the dropship company okay. we use. Well, we I've just been design... praying for
0: you. I w- I've been praying you would just find a cricket at your Saturday morning. Oh, I've your... seen crickets at yard sale. Your, your garage sales. Garage totally, sales I pass up crickets all the time.
1: What am I gonna do, cricket? Like I'm gonna start yeah. doing
0: it? Yes, I'm not doing I. It.
1: I'm not like, doing it. wait
0: a wait to <laughs> make my prayers in vain.
1: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you to get a cricket.
2: need to switch that. You get a cricket. Everyone else gets a cricket.
1: <laughs> All right, friends.
0: <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we know what com- what's next. Yeah, you tell us, Mercedes, what's so, next. So before
2: we head out, let's do some good news and what we're celebrating. Be thinking about it. We'll be right back, friends
1: growing up with a younger sister with down syndrome philip clark spent his childhood watching his parents struggle to plan for sarah's future not only was his family's planning journey overwhelming and confusing philip was frustrated by the traditional planning industry's cookie cutter approach that told families all they needed to do was establish a special needs trust and buy a life insurance policy to fund it when they die Is that type of planning enough to give you a true sense of security today and complete peace of mind regarding your child's future? Well, Philip didn't think so. That's why he founded Enable Special Needs Planning. Families that partner with Enable begin their journey by defining what a successful planning experience should look like for the entire family with a focus on their loved ones with special needs. What does a great life look like today and in the future? For your child and your entire family then enables team of experts special needs consultants come alongside each family and guide them step by step eliminating the guesswork from the planning process with a nationwide network of certified financial planners and estate planning attorneys enable guides families to the best financial and legal strategies for their unique goals and helps them implement everything easily and efficiently The Enable team also helps families document all essential details of their child's life and communicate their plan to family and future care team members who need to understand the family's vision of success. At Enable, developing a plan to protect your child's future in case something happens to you is just the foundation. Their true passion is to help your family clarify your vision of success and implement strategies that will benefit you for years to come allowing your child to truly thrive. If you want to know more about planning experience, check out enablesnp.com. That's enablesnp as in specialneedsplanning.com. Time
3: for good news, time for good news. Everybody welcome to the good news.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: All right, who has some good news to share me? (laughs) Got it first. (laughs) We just wrapped up basketball season, Sunflower and Rhodes. They were on the same team, but Sunflower's first time being on a typical, hey, we just signed you up for a city sport. No big deal. Nobody said anything. You don't have anything extra going on. We just showed up, and she did phenomenal, and the coaches were phenomenal, and it was such a great experience, and now we're on to baseball, and I did the same thing, sweet Rhodes. He doesn't mind. I feel like I've built it up in my head. I'm like, it's like, you guys are twins. I hope you don't mind, but she's also on his baseball team, but it worked out beautifully because um, I have some friends in the neighborhood who are assistant coach for the team. So when I was like, hey, I would like Sunflower to join also, they were all for it. And she's been doing phenomenal. And again, I just am thankful. And I know it's weird to be in a posture of thankfulness for her to just be included. I wish it didn't even have to be a second thought, but it is a second thought. And it has actually quite been a blessing. You know, maybe not every year I might feel this way or it might not be this way, So I'm really thankful for this year and this season that Sunflower is rocking it and everybody else is too.
1: That's amazing. That is good news, Mercedes. I love it. Micah, do you have good news?
0: Yes, I have good news. Uh, The sun came out in Morristown and it was spring this past weekend and Ace and I got outside and we were working in the garden together. And he got right back to working in the compost with me, uh, which he loves stirring the compost. And I I just felt all filled up. So it not necessarily like a an accomplishment, but just a like him doing something he loves and me doing something I love and us doing it together. And I'm just grateful for that.
1: I love it the best kind of news God. yeah when i say I he got that. in the
0: compost i don't mean he got inside it
1: right
3: he did so his job in the he com, did yeah. his job get because it. that would be gross he if
0: he got all the way inside it
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like there's worse worse he things got to get involved.
2: in <laughs> <laughs> but also i wouldn't have been and you, you saying like and literally he got in it <laughs>
1: Um, I have a piece of good news from a listener. This is from a little extra Viv. Six-month-old Vivian had lung surgery to remove a congenital lobar emphysema, spent 12 days in the hospital, and was discharged Mm. yesterday, which she wrote this in later. But this is good news. Vivian's home. That's a big surgery. Good job, mama, making it through that. This is a big good news Yay. a big good news thank you for sharing that with us yes. oh my gosh Oof. okay follow up questions always go ahead and write in do mm-hmm. how is she doing now what is the mm-hmm. like long-term i want to know more want to know more about vivian tell us how she's doing send us a picture please six months old we love her so much we love vivian all right, listeners, um, mm. if you have good news that you want to share with us, we would love to hear it. You can go to the luckyfewpodcast.com to send to check out all different ways to reach out to us. Hello dot com to email luckyfewpod on mm-hmm. Instagram where you can DM us your good news or leave it in one of our posts. Make sure you're following us mm-hmm. over there, friends. We're very close to 10,000 followers. And once we have 10,000 followers, we get to cross over into Instagram's like business realm and then we get to do subscription hangouts Ooh. and other things. So, please make sure you're following us.
0: Do we get a blue check mark?
1: No, but we can pay. You can now pay for that, oh. like a fourteen dollars a month. Okay. Instagram's oh. coming out with a something else where anyone, anybody can buy a blue check mark, um, and you get like support through Instagram and whatever. So maybe we will. Someone donate fourteen dollars a month maybe so we, we can will. get ourselves a blue check mark. And, and. If you are listening to this and you are connected to any kind of organization that needs representation, send this episode, share it with, with brands and with new parents and old parents alike.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay, ladies, we have to wrap up now, unfortunately, because I love my time with you guys. Um, Thank you, Josh Avis for editing this episode and Ashley Ooh, I haven't had to say her last name. Okay, help me out here.
1: Fracalosi.
2: Fracalosi. Ashley, I love you, dear. Ashley Fracalosi for producing it. If you like this episode, share it with family and friends.
0: And don't forget to subscribe, everybody. And yes, check out theluckyfewpodcast.com for show notes and all the things we talked about today.
1: Except we won't link that lady, the who should not be named um you're not, <laughs> she not she will not, not be willing. oh and be sure that you're following us on social media at the lucky few pod go do it right now listener stop what you're doing and go follow us on social media and listener you're slaying it exactly as you are we love you so much we're here cheering you on always and we can't wait to be together on another episode next week bye bye <laughs>
2: bye